This week is Ryan. That's me. And Kevin. Yay! Who is probably a little chat lagged and tired. I napped all afternoon, so I'm okay. Okay. Well, it's kind of funny because I guess technically, well, at least the two of us and you so far, we're all in holiday mode. Yep. Yay! Uh, I go back to work tomorrow, though. Uh, Boom. Uh, eh. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about Kevin's trip to the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've been following along on our Facebook, he's posted up quite a few. Yeah, I put a lot of pictures on Instagram. And it looked like a lot of fun. But before that, we will go to the news. The news. Uh, oh, did you guys see the new Titans Season 2 trailer? I did. No, <laughs> no I didn't. Brent, I saw I got posted. Before the show. I'm on vacation. I'm not doing nerdy stuff on vacation other than this. And toy hunting. (laughs) And reading all my comics that I haven't read in like a week and a half. Uh, What did you think of it? I thought it looked good. I liked that we got to see the old Titans in costume, Donna, and oh, there was an Aqualad in there too. uh, Along with uh, Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove. I wonder, is that a flash, another flashback, or is that them both coming out of retirement? I don't know. I don't know. There was a brief glimpse of Superboy. That looked pretty Which cool. Looks pretty much like Superboy. You see Crypto? Yes. You see Not Brent break everything? So, yeah, I think it's going to be good. And it starts in September, September on DC on, Universe. Yep. And who knows when we'll get it on space? Yeah. Well, that one wasn't on space. That was on Netflix. Netflix! Netflix! Yeah. Who knows when yeah. we'll get it on Netflix? Probably uh, not until prom- it's done. Yeah. But. Eventually. Such as such as the thing of yeah, streaming. So like maybe January. Yeah. Oh, so the long time in development uh, Showtime series Halo, based on the video game, which I completely forgotten about, was still a thing. Yeah. Uh, apparently hired six more act- uh, members for the cast. Yep. One is playing Cortana. Also oh, Doctor, okay. uh, the Doctor, whatever the the lady. Yep. I forget the name. And then the other five are all other more Spartans. So I guess you know to fill out uh, Master Chief's. Have, have they cast a Master Chief? Yes, they have, and we mentioned it in a previous episode. Oh, okay. Like, months ago, I think. But, right. yeah. I, I completely forget that's a still a thing. Oh, same, same. And until, until they start up. filming, it's only half a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Rob Liefeld was getting himself yeah. out there in the news a little bit. I don't know if uh, this, is, well, this is a whole... This isn't your news oh, story. Oh, this is a different you can one. Tell, you can tell your story. Oh, now. yeah. No. Uh, this one is a little better news. So I guess he went and saw... Uh, Oh, um, Hobbs the... and Shaw, <laughs> like, like we did. Yep. And he decided that, um, so here's a little spoiler, Ryan Reynolds is in it. Okay. And he interacts with The Rock. And so he thought that they had such good chemistry that The Rock should be in the next Deadpool movie. As who? As uh, Garrison Kane, the, the Weapon X that they introduce in X-Force. Oh. The one that's got cybernetic arms that can shoot his hands off. Oh, okay. You do that. Yeah. Just do, yeah he's on the. He's, he's in another... on the cover of X Force Two, and yeah. he's like okay. punching. Deadpool. I believe you. 
He's a, he's a Rob Liefeld creation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's got lots of pockets. Right. And no feet. No Not feet. so much pockets. He's got a lot of Pouches. buckles, though. Oh, he's got buckles. Yeah, he's got a lot of buckles. Uh, and then The Rock, I guess, tweeted back and forth with them. He said, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, hey, you know. Because neither one of them in their tweets would mention Ryan Reynolds by name. Yeah. And, uh, like, like our mutual friend or yeah. something like that. And then uh, he kind of said, well, what's this guy's... You know what, what? How is he with Deadpool? Like, you know, that's what The Rock was kind of asking. Like, what's his stance with Deadpool? Does he like him? Does he, you know, is he not? Is he good? Does friends? not. Which that could make it pretty funny if the two if he did and he was he yeah was a bad guy. But, but as the internet is wont to do, that instantly cast Rock in the X Force movie or Deadpool three, depending yeah. on which clickbait headline you <laughs> click on. Yep, exactly. You might as well tell your Rob Liefeld news now. Yeah, there, well, story if you want yeah so Mr. Liefeld's been very active on Twitter in the last little while. Um, first, there was the the revelation of he mentioned that there was talks between DC and Image for a crossover that apparently he wasn't going to be involved with. Oh. That that was also around the time where he thought that that he also tweeted out that DC was a sinking ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe I think because they don't want to hire Mr. Liefeld, right? Is, is kind of part of it, but but he also tweeted out this week. It started off being cryptic from Robert Kirkman, basically saying Kirkman tweeted out that I have a poster of Youngblood in my office because it was one of the first non-Marvel superhero comics I ever saw, and then I found out how the company worked, and it kind of inspired my direction. And I hate to see how it's currently being treated, to which everybody went. Like Youngblood? Yeah. Is he being... Because remember, there was the series It was one of my geek picks. Yeah. And it just kind of disappeared, as Youngblood tends to do. So I didn't uh-huh. think of much any of it. So what came out of it was Rob finally went... It, Rob tweeted cryptically, I held it together as long as I could. Couldn't do it anymore. And as it turns out, uh, Rob doesn't own Youngblood. Hasn't owned it for nearly 15 years. Oh. Nobody apparently knew this, or at least it was kept kind of quiet. Uh, Liefeld, after he left Image, remember he he left or was kicked out, depending uh-huh. on whose side of the story you go with, as is always with the Liefeld stories. Yeah. He formed Awesome Entertainment. He did that with two business partners. Apparently, those two business partners did not get along and was kind of sinking the ship, or at least that's Liefeld's side of it. Okay. And when Liefeld shuttered Awesome Entertainment in order to pay everybody off, is his characters were split three ways. And this one guy got Youngblood. Now, as I recall, I think the guy who got Youngblood, who was the partner in it, was the guy who originally owned Malibu Comics. Oh, okay. Hence why Rob would work with them. Now, if you go on the internet and find differently... Because originally Image was published by Malibu. Yes. And that's where the relationship had been. But apparently the guy from Malibu then... Uh, or or the whoever it is who owns the rights to Youngblood, he got him as part of the deal... Or the team as part of the deal. And all those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently he is working with... The dude who owned, used to own and run Platinum Studios, 
who are best known for Cowboys and Aliens. Okay. And he's also the guy who brokered the licensing deal for Men in Black. So does this mean that Liefeld didn't have permission to use Youngblood Apparently, when that image series no, came out in the spring? he did, but I get, it sounds like they have now said, we are publishing Youngblood comics on our own, not through Image. Because the other thing people have to remember is Liefeld is not a partner on in Image anymore. Hasn't no. been for 15, 20 years at this point. And have basically kind of kicked Rob off his own creation. Uh. And there are two ways to looking at this. Um, Rob's side of the story is basically they said, they turned around and like, well, you could audition to be the penciler on Young Blood, to which he apparently gave them the double fingers and is just clean and washing his hands off the whole affair. The other side of it is, is like maybe it's just investors trying to get their money out of it. Maybe. Because one of the things he tweeted out about it was he likes to have control of his characters, which I understand. But he walked away last year. I believe this was in one of our news packs. There was a Netflix deal on the table for a bunch of his characters. Youngblood wasn't included in that, if I recall, because it mm. wouldn't seemed weird. Now we know why. Yeah. So he doesn't didn't have any say of that. But maybe part of it is, you know, these investors want their their money out of it. And if he keeps walking away from these film deals or whatever it is, because he wants creative control. Like and they've had they own these characters for twenty years and they're not seeing anything out of it. They want to. Uh, so in other news, uh, so we got a director for Venom two confirmed. Confirmed. confirmed oh, by the director I... himself, Andy Serkis. Oh, so he won out. He was yeah. he was rumored to be the taking it, but nothing confirmed until now. Breaking news from Ryan Parent. Yeah, breaking news that was on the internet like on the weekend. Yep. <laughs> and then when you hear this, it'll be a week old. So, either that. Anyway, uh, oh, so one of my sci-fi shows, the summer shows that I like to watch, uh, it's been one of my geek picks before, The One Hundred. Yes. Uh, so it's finishing up its final season. Uh, sorry, this season six. Mm-hmm. I think this week. Uh, so they've come out and said that season seven, which will come out, they didn't say when, but probably sometime next year, uh, will be its final season. No, it hasn't been canceled or anything like that. It's just, you know, they're just they're just ending, ending the story. It's good seven. when things wrap up. Yeah, and it's one of these things too, like to the point in the story they've left Earth, and they're on like they found like a colony because you know Earth Earth two no too bad I know Earth one hundred Earth one hundred uh, I don't know if it had a name or what the name was but it's not Earth and uh, so yeah so it's been pretty good I remember watching you know. Stumbling across this show on like on Netflix. Yeah, because it's a weird it's a weird season. one where it's a Netflix exclusive in Canada, right? Yeah, and yeah. then in but the it's, states, it's, it's another CW, C- it's another or CW show. Yeah, yeah. Just like like Flash, Flash and Riverdale. Mm. Well, like Flash yeah. now wasn't for the first no, season and, of Flash and Black Lightning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so before we get into the big chunk of my news, there's a few more things here. Uh, so we got uh, Disney Plus, even though it's not for us up here in Canada. Not yet. Came out with uh, a bundle pricing. So you can get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus uh, for the low, low price of twelve ninety nine a month. That is a spectacular deal. It is, really. Now, it sounds like the Hulu is the Hulu with ads. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and the, the and other the one. ESPN Plus, I guess, 
it's not ESPN, so you're not, not getting, completely. But no. it's got some live sports. It's got some sports stuff. Like I said, it's ESPN's in addition to option. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So get, combining all those things for what is, as I understand it, essentially the price of Netflix yeah. in the U.S. Yep, that's a really good deal. Well, yeah, just the Hulu, the Hulu and Netflix. I mean, and Disney Plus together alone at that price. Yeah, even with the ads, it, I, I would jump on it if I had the chance, but not in our country, not unfortunately. Yet, yeah, still no word on what Disney Plus is doing up here. Yeah, so. well, I thought they, I thought they said it was going to roll out at the same time, but they have yet to they do anything yeah. beyond saying that. If you go to DisneyPlus.ca. They've uh, got the domain. There's a obviously. countdown, I think, but uh, nothing there. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I don't know if I guess if I, I feel like we missed this one a couple months ago, because so, I saw it. It was apparently back in May they announced uh, as part of. I think we did talk about this because I remember the re- hellstorm. The hellstorm one for sure. I remember. Okay, you're getting ahead of me. I know we talked about this already. <laughs> but come on, let me Sorry. finish the story here. So apparently, the, for uh, Disney and the Hulu deal and all that, there's going to be two new Marvel series from Disney on Hulu. Mm-hmm. One's going to be Hailstrom. Yep. And the other one is going to be Ghost Rider, and it's going to be uh, Gabriel Luna, who was Robbie Reyes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is going to be reprising the role of Ghost Rider mm-hmm. in this series, which is interesting considering... That he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how they tend to push away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and not really being connected to anything anymore. And we well, should wonder, will this Ghost Rider, even though now it's still on it's on a plus, you know, someplace else, it's not on Disney. It's on the Hulu but side Hulu, of things, right? Yeah. Is it going to be connected to the MCU? Probably. Or is are they going to make their own little universe where it's that, Runaways, and Cloak and Dagger? Yeah, who well, apparently are having a crossover episode. That makes sense, because the, in the comics they, they meet up. Well, and so. all the, the teenagers on the run. So. Yep. But uh, so my thing that you know my big big fall TV series that I'm looking forward to, and I keep bringing news up for it every week, so I'm sure people have realized this by now. We had more crisis news. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we got confirmation: Black Lightning is joining the crossover. Yeah, and his supporting cast. Yeah, I read that somewhere. So. And and it's funny because didn't it, like last episode you mentioned that like it's weird that they haven't said anything about that yeah. yet or done anything with it and literally a week later was... Boom. Yep. Marv Wolfman will be writing or co-writing uh season 8 episode 8 which is the one of the last episodes of Green Arrow or Arrow with Mark uh, Guggenheim uh and then well, everybody knows Mark Mark uh, yeah, Marv sorry Marv Wolfman he wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths, the comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's written a fair amount of uh, teleplays too. Like yeah. a, I think he was not like a staff writer, but like an occasional writer on Batman the animated series yeah. and stuff like that. Too, I just thought so. it was cool that they were bringing in the guy who wrote the comic mm. that they're trying to make a TV kind of based TV show based on and create him into yeah. the fold and created the Monitor and stuff like that. It's that's yeah. kind of nice. To see. Oh, I mean, he created tons of characters that are super popular today too. I mean, New Teen Titans was well, his yeah, baby, so yeah. Cyborg, Starfire, Raven, mm. Deathstroke. Those are all. Marv Wolfman characters. And not a one of them will be in that crisis. No. But um, uh, well, maybe Deathstroke, Deathstroke was on Arrow. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, in this uh, this actual batch of episodes, I don't think mm-hmm. any he'll of them be would on be the crisis. But he may be Probably a part not. of the. Because uh, it sounds like this last few episodes of Arrow are going to be a lot of wrapping loose ends up from the whole series. Yeah. Like almost like like episode one is a throwback. Because didn't I see one. his mother is coming back in the crisis too? The actress who plays his mother. Yeah. It that. it makes sense given all the other casting notes that we've now heard yeah. for Crisis. Okay, so and so confirmed, Kevin Conroy will be playing or will be on and be, will be an older Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I think it, like that's a kind of a good thank you because he's really been the Batman, the consistent Batman. Since 1992. For, yeah, for decades now. So now it's for him to finally be on screen as Batman. Yeah. And his voice. Because he's an actor-actor. Like it, well, at least he was. Before yeah. he became Batman, he was like doing Broadway and you know theater and stuff like that. I think so he did some Star Treks. Wouldn't surprise me. Who hasn't done a Star Trek? Me. You're next week. Thanks. Didn't you get the notice? No. Yeah. It must be in my mail. It's coming snail mail. For, and, and if anybody from Star Trek... Happens to be listening. We will do cameos on Discovery. Oh, yeah. I will die. I have no qualm, no ego. You want to slap put some me, makeup on me? I'll take it. Yep. Put me in. in, in the I'll only thing I can't do is contacts. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't I'll look even, like I'll he on a Star Trek. He did two episodes of Cheers. Yep. He did um, six episodes of The Office. Really? He played a character named Steve Gilman. I don't remember that. Uh, it's too bad Jen's not here. Twelve episodes of Tour recently. of Duty. Oh really? Yep. He yep. played oh, wow. Captain Rusty Wallace okay, on Tour yeah. of Duty. I haven't watched Tour of Duty in so long. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy that it, that they're trying to include everybody. And so there's the right now that the talk is that he's supposed to be possibly like an older Batman to go along with Brendan Routh's. Superman. Superman. Yeah. So like that time frame of uh, Batman. Well, he is an older gentleman too, yes. right? Oh, so. no, for sure. Which, if not, it would make, be kind of cool. Which also kind of would wrap in with this other one. What if he is not from that, but what if he is Batman beyond Bruce Wayne? That's one of the other rumors floating around. Because he was Robin Williams' roommate in college. Yep. Well, there you go. They went to Juilliard. Oh. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, isn't Christopher Reeve involved in that? Too? Uh, Kelsey Grammer, Christopher, uh, Robin Williams, Kevin Conroy, and Kelsey Grammer were yeah, but all in the same Robin class. Williams knew Christopher Reeve from somewhere too. I'm not sure. I can't remember where. Oh, okay. Anyways, sorry. Uh, so then, the rumor that kind of matches up with that as well. Well, I guess, well, first off, there's also confirmation there will be another Batman because they didn't haven't said if he's going to be wearing the cowl or not, but there will be somebody else wearing a cowl. As Batman in this miniseries, now they haven't ca- said who or what the casting for that is going to be. Mm. Whether it's someone who has been been Batman in the past in some way, or if it's going to be someone new, or if it's going to be like, here's Batman in a cowl. You see him over there in yeah. the shadow, kind of like they did with Titans and Birds of Prey, and like a bunch of other things. Yeah. For a while there, like the unofficial Batman was a soap opera actor. I can't remember his name, but he was like. Whenever they needed somebody to stand in as Batman but not actually say anything, that was him. And then, so the one big rumor that kind of goes in that whole circle is, rumor has it that uh, Mark Hamill is going to come on and play the Joker. 
They've got they flirted with that before because this the, one the, was the trickster up by yeah. uh, so but a lot of these are coming from uh, we got this covered dot uh, com it's a site that does yeah pop culture stuff uh, and apparently they've had a couple sources that are telling feeding them these and it's and they're good sources that have given them other things in the past that have mm. panned out so. But yeah, they reported this one last night. Yeah. So should we should we talk about the rumored people? Because you've gone through the confirmed, well, the but rumor. the rumored list is getting huge at oh, this well, point. Oh, yeah. That's, so there's rumored of, of you know, Mark Hamill. There was rumored that um, Smallville actor Michael Rosenbaum was going to play Lex. Now, he's come out on his Twitter to be like, I don't know anything about this. That Bullshit. Could be blowing smoke. Just what? like the Star Trek actors, which I'll get to later. Yeah, no, it, it, it's he know that that's probably the stupidest statement to make out. No, no offense, Mister Rosenbaum, because I know you listen. Because it's like I don't know anything about this bullshit. You don't know anything about this. You've been contacted. Exactly. The, like we, what's his face? The old dude has made a case that he wants Welling in. If you got Welling, you have to take the other guy too. And well, that's the big thing. Apparently, whether he they has... are pushing hard to at least get someone from Smallville. Yeah, because like that was the now, show that brought out you know on the new. Whether he's available for it and all yeah. that stuff, that's a different story. Yeah. But don't tell me you don't know anything about it because we know you do. Yeah. Don't we already have Alex Luthor in the Arrowverse too? Like John Cryer? Yeah, isn't yes. he that? No, oh, we got a Superman. Yeah, also yeah. Oh, oh, I know, I know for sure. Multi- I would love to see multiple Superman and multiple. Do we get Lex a red-haired, curly, like a, a curly red-haired Lex from like where he's the good guy, like in Crisis? Oh, that, that's how we can get away with uh, with Michael Rosenbaum not having to shave his head, put on a red red wig. Instead. Yeah, because he because he, you know, he, he looks was, fairly much the same that he did then. Like he's aged a little bit, but, but not horribly. He, he, he grew his hair out. And he, yeah. he has gone on the record multiple times about saying how he hates having he hated having to shave his head. Yeah, and doesn't want to do it again. Now you could put him in a bald cap or whatever, but you give him the um, yeah the red wig. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, and who? Uh, Linda Carter has been rumored, and that one has apparently been debunked. They've, I don't know if it was came down to uh, a Warner Brothers thing or not, but uh, uh, sounds like that one's not happening. Burt Ward and Burt, Burt Ward, Ward is, is signed on, but we don't know what, what as. Everybody's just assuming. A what Robin, about Terry but... Hatcher and Dean Kane? Uh, they no one's other than us keep bringing it up. Uh-huh. They're not part of the the rumored. Uh, okay. But then it would surprise me if they haven't been spoken to. I mean, they've both been on, on the, show. the show, right? Yeah. It's well, yeah, because Dean Cain is Supergirl's adopted Super, father. Yeah. Um, and who did? Uh, um, and Terry Hatcher was Monel's mother. Monel's mom. Okay. The evil Daxamite queen. Yeah. yeah. And see, it's funny now because the actress that played Lois in Smallville is now playing Supergirl's mom. Yeah, and Supergirl. She replaced. Right. So they switched actresses. Right, because the original was hologram, and it was something. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That was Laura Benanti, but her adoptive mother was played by Helen Slater, who was Supergirl in the Supergirl movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's as far as I know, that her adoptive mom is still played by the same person. She's just not on it that much. Right. Yeah. But. uh, yeah, it's looking more and more interesting. Oh, and then one of the last ones. So the the guys who the actor, I 
whose name I can't remember, who plays John Diggle in Arrow, mm-hmm. who all along, everybody keeps saying, oh, when are they going to make him a Green Lantern they make, instead of John Stewart? Oh, right. And then in the last crossover, last year's crossover, the 90s Barry Allen actor, when he showed up as the Flash. John Wesley Ship. Yeah, when he showed up, he, say, he saw him and said, John, where's your ring? Alluding to John Stewart with his Green Lantern, and then before he disappeared, mm. and I guess in a previous episode of Arrow, they or they've introduced uh, his son, and his son had the last name of Stewart. Hmm. So they've been laying all these little seeds, but so it does sound like in the Crisis that actor will be playing a John Stewart from it, another. It'd Earth. be nice to get that payoff. Yeah. Huh. yeah, and like he's even said publicly that like he's not against it. It'd oh, be no. cool would, and I'm stuff sure like that. I I just realized how they can bring the Black Lightning characters in because Black Lightning's ex wife is Lynn Stewart. Could she be Diggle's sister? Maybe. It, it depends on how they treat Black Lightning. Up until now, we've assumed he's in another universe, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know, it's well, not out of then, the realm of possibility. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of this? At the end of this. Remember what happened at the end of the last Crisis on Infinite Earth? Yeah, all the, the Earth were merged together, yeah. Maybe that's what's going to happen here, and we're finally going to have Supergirl on Super- the same Earth yeah. as Arrow and... Well, for two and, episodes, and then Arrow's gone. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, in that same have, universe. All the other shows. Yeah. Have you been reading rumors that there's another show in development after Arrow goes away? There's talk of yes, they haven't said what it is, or at least that they're they, they're talking of wanting to develop another show that's not a spinoff show. No, but it will be that probably won't be for until next year. But with a female lead is what I heard. Oh, see, I hadn't heard that. I just heard the because I did hear off on another t- different tangent that ABC is looking at Disney and Marvel for a female centric. Marvel TV I saw show that too. to replace Agents of Shield after it's done next season next year. Oh, have you guys heard any other rumored castings that I missed? From Crisis, uh, Carter is the only one that stuck out, but that's a, like yeah. you said, that seems to be a debunked. I assumed Linda Carter was like it was just somebody saw her on a casting list and she was just yeah, she because Crisis the show she yeah, was president. And- for a while and crisis due to the nature of it you can bring as we're seeing you can bring back old and like characters we haven't seen or are dead and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because i think like i read somewhere that they're bringing back uh what's um merlin like well like or or what's his name uh john barrowman's kid Oh. In the show, they're bringing him back for at Tommy least an Merlin. episode or two. Okay. So, like, if you're going doing flashbacks well, and stuff like that, and say, that's that like happened with the whole fact of the way that the season is leading up to being a lot of like wrapping things up and love letters to past seasons. Yeah, kind of things, I can see them bringing him up and. Yeah. So my thought was is Linda Carter was doing it was coming in for a scene. Somebody saw her name on a casting list. And went yeah. oh, oh uh, it's Wonder Woman. Where in reality it's not because yeah. we haven't had very much. Um, very many allusions to Wonder Woman in the Arrowverse, have we? I don't they know. If I think uh, there was like a, a newspaper headline that's something about Themyscira, yeah, I think was, yeah, but there hasn't been, been any little things like that. Yeah. And I think they've mentioned something about Amazons, and they may have mentioned something about Themyscira, yeah, or Paradise Island, or something like that. But yeah. it's you know, just, just like where they I think went she, to Coast City, mm. and you you know you see a 
a guy walk by in a bomber jacket. Yeah. Like a flight, you know, you know that has Jordan for a name tag no, on it. No, DC has loosened the rein, or Warner Brothers has loosened the reins on some of those characters, but I could almost see Wonder Woman might be a no-go character, too. Cause, just Because the, there's a big the, movie coming out next and year. that was the movie that did well, and they do not want to do anything Anything at all have, to jeopardize the second one? Did you have Donna Troy on, tit- on Titan? Yeah, that's not Wonder Woman. No. Is, she, is she referred to as Wonder Girl or anything on Titan? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know you get a few flashbacks. Because even they refer to Wonder Woman being there at the house. Yes. Yeah. She was part of the Justice League. Yep. To go have a Justice oh, League. Yeah, I could. So. I could be completely wrong. It's just like oh, it, it wouldn't. Know. It wouldn't surprise me if she's off limits just for like. Them just being now, scared with everything else that's happened with their franchises. There's no chance that they'll connect the CW Arrowverse with the DC Universe. It's Titans verse. Oh, See, with it's, the Titans oh, show? with Titans. Uh, I doubt it. I'd like. I think it would be nice if they did, but I doubt it. It. it I, it's well. With Crisis, Crisis solves all the issues you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's because the problem. If if you want to do that. Because the problem is, in Titans, Batman exists mm-hmm. and is very active at at this point. Whereas in Arrow, he's talked about a little bit. He they used to exist. They never said anything about Batman on Arrow. Oh, yes, what they do when they go to Gotham and they say, oh, you don't believe the, the, the rumors of the Batman, do you? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and we've and, got Batwoman showing up. And so. Batwoman, and then you have to, like, there, there's a whole whack of stuff you have to explain, but Crisis can get rid of that. Oh, yeah. That's why they did it in the comic books. Crisis was their, like... They're going to clean the slate. Clean the slate and clean up. It's time for a crisis. Yeah. Well, something to make sense. No. How someone punch the walls of reality. The problem is, is Crisis on Infinite Earths cleaned up everything. Every crisis since has made things worse. (laughs) Not that they've been bad stories. They just haven't done anything to help. Infinite Crisis was pretty good. It brought people back that 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 worked around anymore. I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, no, but and that was the way they explained it of, uh, well, Superboy punched the walls of reality and changed things. <laughs> yes, comic books. <sighs> well, gentlemen, that's it for me. So, um, did you have any non-Star Trek news? No. Okay, so we'll roll that into your uh, your whole review of Star Trek Las Vegas. How was your trip? You flew out of Hamilton. I did. How was that? I recommend flying out of hamilton it's small like like there are three <laughs> check-in desks and there are no jetways you have to walk out onto the runway it completely and reminds was me it of cheaper from hamilton than Toronto? yes oh, okay. so i flew on swoop air which is westjet's new discount airline fly out of hamilton because they're small <laughs> sorry it reminds me you ever see crazy people deadly more uh years and years ago so it's about uh, you'd never be able to make this movie today for obvious reasons but it's deadly more has a nervous breakdown and mm-hmm. he's in a mental institution and he he's an advertising executive and he and the the other people in the institution start writing his ads for him because he's the best so they're forcing right. it and they're just like these ads, like, uh, one of them's like, Volvo, boxy, but good. Oh, yes, I have seen that's that. what that just reminded me of, is, no. like, fly out of Hamilton. They're small. It's small and easy to navigate. Yeah. And um, now, when I arrived this morning, it was pretty packed because they have a lot of flights that go out in the morning that fly out west. But um, there's really only um, WestJet, Swoop, and some random airline that flies to Ireland 
uh, out of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. it. Like Pearson is so huge that mm. you can get lost in it, and the crowds are are uh, giant. Whereas it was just it was kind of relaxing uh, uh, way to start the trip to so fly through Hamilton. For our, our, our listeners who are travelers in the Ontario area, you don't have to say how much you paid for your flight, but how much cheaper was it? Oh, I will tell you how much I paid for my oh, okay. flight. Yeah. So I flew on Swoop Air, uh, where which is one of those no frills airlines where you, you got a seat. I got a seat, and it cost me $16 to choose the seat, and then it cost me $43 to bring a bag with me. So, But even with that, it was only $375. To fly from Toronto for, to, to fly Vegas. from Hamilton to Las Vegas to direct. Vegas. And is that your round trip or just? Round there? trip. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they're back. 300 bucks. 375 yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, they also fly to... Orlando, um, Tampa, they fly to Sun Destinations in the Caribbean. And then across Canada, they fly to like Abbotsford. They don't fly to Vancouver, they fly to Abbotsford. It's like like they don't fly yeah. to Toronto, they fly to Hamilton. But they also go to Halifax, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary. Um, they're, they're, they are WestJet's no frills discount airline. So you don't, like if you want a snack on the plane, you got to pay for that. If you want, uh, uh, you know, any kind of comfort, you yeah. pay for it. Um, we we got upgraded a little bit actually because we I chose seats at the very back of the plane and I guess that's where the crew sits when they want to fly somewhere oh. and uh, when I checked into my flight yesterday to come home I was in that seat 32A and when I was at the airport checking my boarding pass that they that was on my swoop app it said I was in seat six so six A so um, they moved us way up to the front of the plane where there's a little more leg room which was kind of nice um, so yeah uh, it's a it's a four and a half hour flight to Vegas, a three and three quarter hour flight home. So it's not even that bad. Not that trip. bad. No. no. Uh, so we got to Las Vegas at about nine o'clock their time. Uh, they're, they're on Pacific time. So it's three hours uh, uh, behind us. Uh, we I used Uber a lot on this trip, which is something Makes that sense. I hadn't really used before, but it's fantastic and uh, uh, pretty safe. So um, we just took an Uber from the airport. Uh, the convention and the hotel we stayed at were the, one and the same. Uh, we was the Rio, which is just off the strip uh, in Las Vegas. It's a pretty big hotel. It's got two towers. One is 50 stories high and the other is 20. Uh, we were in the 20-story high tower on floor 12. And uh, it was very convenient. So we got to, we got to the hotel at about uh, 10 p.m. And they had done pre-registration for the convention that evening. And there were some pre-convention events, but we sort of missed those. But we did decide, let's take a walk down to the convention center just to get the layout of the place before the crowds show up the next kind day. Kind of figure out where you want to hit first and stuff exactly. like that. Um, so the con had the whole uh, convention center, uh, which w- consisted of one sort of giant ballroom where uh, anybody who had a ticket could probably get a seat. I think they had seats for 6,000 people in that room. Wow. Uh, and then there, were, uh, then there was a smaller uh, panel room. And they named them after... Um, Star Trek actors who'd passed on. So the big convention hall was the Nimoy room. Mm. And then the, um, the smaller panel room where it wasn't so much Star Trek performers, but people talking about Star Trek was called the DeForest Kelly room. And then the third smaller stage where like they would talk about comics or books or, um, there were a lot of science of Trek panels. They, that was in the, um, CBS all access stage, which was attached 
to uh, what they called Quark's Bar, which was the location on the convention floor where you could get snacks and drinks. Oh. Uh, I didn't think the did price... Did they have Ferengi work in the bar? They did not, ah. sadly. Were they even in costume? No, but I did uh, talk uh. to the, um, the employees from the Rio who were there, and she's like, you know, I... I always make sure that I schedule myself to work the entire convention because the Star Trek people are the nicest. And I'm like, well, what other kinds of big conventions do you have here? Well, our big one is the World Series of Poker. And that lasts six weeks. And those people are always grumpy and upset because there can they only be... No money and they can, by the snack bar. And they can only, there can only be one winner. So yeah. they're all angry. Uh, whereas you people are nice and happy and, uh, and, and are just excited to be here. So that was kind of fun. Uh, so that was Tuesday night. We just sort of wandered around. Uh, Wednesday was when the convention started, uh, and you know Wednesday is an odd day for a convention to happen on, so it wasn't yeah. uh, it wasn't super busy, uh, and there were three sort of um, I was telling the guys earlier there were three um, sort of displays set up that you could just sort of wander through. One was the same. Um, Captain Picard museum display that was at San Diego this year. Mm-hmm. So well, why waste it, right? Like, yeah, you got it. All oh, set yeah, up. it was fantastic. But it was a good quality, um, like museum display full of artifacts from Next Generation, com badges, and his his flute. And uh, <laughs> what else was there? There was his, uh, you know, uniforms and yeah. pictures of his family. Yeah, no, it looked like a, a cool. It was a really up. neat little exhibit. Uh, and we went. Uh, I went on Wednesday because uh, I knew the crowds would get bigger and the lineups would be longer. Yep. Uh, then they, uh, there was um, an exact replica model of the original series Enterprise Bridge. Um, so from the looks of your photo, I'm assuming there was like a velvet rope and they only let you walk. Or yeah, through, like they you were doing, actually going unless you paid for photo ops. There were photo ops you could pay for. How much there. Did that cost oh. for a photo op on the bridge? Well, they were doing it with original series actors like oh. Shatner oh. and. Oh. Walter Koenig. So it's not like you had, if you had a group of friends and wanted to sit and like somebody in this captain's chair and a couple people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, uh, for sure. I never did that. Um, I went to some panels. I went to a panel on um, Mego Star Trek action figures. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, that seemed like an odd one for you to go to. Well, I was just the early days. You needed something to do. Uh, And it was, it was interesting. I didn't realize that Mego was back. Yes and no. They're owned by somebody now. Like it's well, like the, the guy who was bought. in the Star Trek episode of the Toys That Made Us, who yep. owned Mego, was on this panel. Oh, I'm sure he's and involved. he's involved. And there's a guy who calls himself Mister Mego, or they call him Mister Mego, and he's a huge like Mego collector. Uh, so they were showing off classic Mego plus the new uh, Mego lineup of of uh, eight inch action figures with the fully cloth costumes. Yep. Uh, um, they look pretty cool. They're in the states. They're available in Target. Like we've yeah. been just sort of seeing the, this line of kind of toys popping up here. Oh, is again. that like that Elvis we saw yesterday? The the Elvis and the the classic Universal style monsters. monsters. So when I was in uh, this Buffalo not too long ago, is I could find. Uh, I think it was the Mirrorverse set with O'Hara and Clark. Yep. yep. Okay. So up until. Uh, up until recently, they've only really done classic Star Trek. Um, like that's what I guess that's what their license was. Yep. Um, their new 2019 line has um, Wrath of Khan. So, yeah, I uh, saw. A Khan I may have to buy. And it. there's uh, you know uh, 
Kirk and Spock in the new uniform. They like also the, the 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 Wrath of Khan uniform. Yeah, the that, red ones yeah, with the, the with the jacket. Yeah. With the, uh, but the other character that they uh, showed off was Locutus of Borg. Mm. So they're just starting to get into next gen mm. uh, figures. Uh, so uh, that was the first panel I went to. Uh, I'm just going through my photos here so that I can. Now, have you ever seen a photo of you and, like, a golf cart with a shell on it, I guess? Oh, yeah. That, shuttlecraft or that something? That was set up outside the convention. I don't know whose it was. It was just there. There was nobody around it. Vegas has weird shit like that. Somebody has built a model of a shuttle that's on, like, a three-wheeled um, all-terrain vehicle sh- chassis is what it looked like. Okay. It looked like to me. Uh, and what was he doing? Just ferrying people back and forth No, from it was hotel? just sitting there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's um, weird. It was very strange. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other display that was there uh, was by a company called Sansar, and they're affiliated with Roddenberry Entertainment. Yeah. And they they are a virtual reality company. They do a lot of cool things, like you can go to like um, sort of like convention panels in Sansar 3D. Uh, oh. And so they have a they have a virtual walk around of the Enterprise. You put on the Oculus goggles and. Uh, you can walk around the Enterprise, and there's like a museum. Which Enterprise? Uh, classic Enterprise. And uh, I did that. It was pretty cool. Um, I entered a draw to win an Oculus. I didn't get a phone call, so I assume I didn't win. <laughs> from, a, from a design point, doing a digital version of the classic Enterprise is probably a lot easier than next generation and, and up. Yeah. Yeah, but next Less gen- screens all yeah. over the place. Yeah, <laughs> some of the newer ones might already have a digital blueprint out there. Yeah, that's true, too. Well, it's, it's a Roddenberry it's company, so too. So, stuff, right? um, And then as a thank you for doing their their virtual reality uh, thing, they gave me an action figure, a Dr. An awesome looking Yeah, action it's figure. a Dr. Phlox action figure. The box is signed by John Billingsley, who played Dr. Phlox. It's numbered, limited edition, two heads. It's it's a really cool looking figure. I don't do figures, but I'm like, if you're going to give it to me for free, hey. And, and it's a good looking one. At least, like, it's not like, it's something that you can easily display. And, like, as a toy guy... It, like I wasn't a fan of Enterprise, but that's a good looking yeah. figure. There were also um, throughout the hallways there were photo ops set up. There was um, a transporter pad. There was um, an agonizer booth from the Mirror Universe. Oh, that was like the torture thing. Yeah, the torture yeah. thing and um, uh, Borg alcoves. So See, you know, those are types of things I, w- I-, I wish people brought and had set up at Fan Expo for photo ops. Yeah. Well, I know there are a lot of photo op things like that already there. Like, <coughs> But not with the celebrities. Like, it, like that's kind of the thing yeah, that so I like about this. Those is ones like, aren't celebrity ones. No, but you can do, like you pointed out, you could have paid for Shatner or whatever on the classic bridge. Yeah. The, uh, the Arc of Engines don't do that. I know part of it is like, that's you've got to store that somewhere yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But it'd be kind of nice to see something well, it, around it, it, it that way. It would be interesting if, you know, in that line, you know, like the Mark Hamill was there. Yeah. Like, you've already got the 501st bringing their props. Maybe you take one of the props... Like the Emperor's throne chair with the backdrop, or the end door, like the doorway from you know, and you have that as part of your Mark Hamill photo op. That would be cool. Mm. Uh, so the last pen thing I went to on Wednesday was um, 
Well, no, I, I went to a few panels. The main panel room, we uh, the with the package that we had bought, we had bought the copper level package uh, that included a reserved seat in the main um, main room. So we were in row Y. Uh, Why? Because that's the one they gave you. Yeah, we probably could have gotten a little closer, but uh, if we'd bought a little earlier, but. Um, you know, it was never full. People were in and out all the time. And even though there were signs up everywhere that said, if do not sit in a seat you didn't pay for, it wasn't that big a deal if you were sitting in somebody else's seat and they came along. Um, on your well, la- as long as you move, oh, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, on your lanyard, it told you what your seat number was. Um, I, I had no problem where we were sitting. There were big screens set up yeah. uh, all over. And uh, So on Wednesday, the panels I saw were... Um, uh, I saw a panel of Deep Space Nine guest stars that included um, Steven Weber uh, and Eric Avari, um, and then a Discovery panel. Eric Avari. Eric Avari. You would know him. Uh, he is one of those that guy actors. He's bald, vaguely Middle Eastern. Know him from such films. As. Probably he's b- played a terrorist on Twenty Four. That kind of an actor. How do you spell his last name? A V A R I. He played a Vedic on Deep Space Nine. A V A R I Eric Avari. Okay, it's just the name sounds so familiar. Oh, that, oh, that guy! I thought he died. No, I I honestly thought he he was dead. You like you that guy? Stargate. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was in the original Stargate, Stargate movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we talked about is, that a bit too. He is. Yeah, when you see him with the goatee, it's like, oh yeah, I recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is... Uh, I think he actually might have been on 24 as a terrorist. Uh, yeah, probably. You guys keep talking all uh, And then the next <laughs> panel I went to was a Discovery panel with people... With Rekha Sharma, uh, who was um, Ellen Landry, and Clint Howard was there. Ah, uh, uh, Clint Howard. I kind of love Clint Howard. Uh, he, he's been on three different Star Trek shows. Original, Deep Space Nine, and Discovery. And he so said... Discovery? Yeah. Yeah, he played um, he played the Orion drug dealer in the last episode of the first yeah. season. Okay. Um, yeah. Eric Avari has been on at least two Star Trek shows. He was on Deep Space Nine and an episode of Enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. Um, as well, uh, other shows that I like that he's been on. He was on Heroes, uh, Stargate SG One, as well as the original film Lois yeah. and Clark: The Adventures of Superman. Babylon 5, uh-huh. um, and uh, Warehouse 13, and Leverage. Yep. And uh, apparently eight episodes of Days of Our Lives. Um, the, the I feel kind of... I find this guy, he he's probably cultivated the this look. We're going off on a little tangent, but he, he's originally from India. He's uh, Parsi Zoroastrian. So um, that mean like i don't know if that's what it means but he's got that look that can go between different cultures and different lit races uh, as long as you're not really going for straight caucasian yeah like it, it's listed here like he's played indian he's played aliens he's played a rabbi yeah like he's yeah. all over the place yeah. uh, sorry the, <laughs> the last panel i went to um uh, was Brent Spiner. Uh, this is Wednesday. Brent Spiner was the big uh, sort of end of the day uh, yeah. Wednesday panel. Um, this is where we, I mean, there wasn't a lot of news broken at this convention, not like last year. Like I was half expecting Patrick Stewart to show up because there was a Picard panel later in the weekend. But um, uh, this is where we learned that 
You know, for the last year, how they've been acting, asking the cast of Next Generation if they're going to be involved in Picard. Yeah, yeah. All been like, oh, they've all been lying to, to us. Oh well. We <laughs> yeah, uh, they've known that for the trailer. <laughs> Uh, well, at the panel, at the actual Picard panel, I'm going to jump ahead to that. Um, yeah, it was ahead. Jerry Ryan. Uh, Jerry Ryan was there, and uh, Jonathan Frakes and Jonathan Del Arco, who played Hugh the Borg. Yes. Um, and Jerry and he, uh, Jonathan Del Arco were approached like a year and a half ago about it, and they thought it was a joke. Uh, they were approached by somebody who's not um, Alex. Um, Alex uh, Kurtzman. Yeah. And then like six months later, they were approached by Alex Kurtzman and they're like, oh, this thing is actually happening. So they've known for a year. They've been sitting on it for a year that they that they were going to be on the show. Um, which How probably, long was Spiner? About the same. Sitting, about the yeah, same. About the same time. time. So, so they must have had a good idea what direction they were going from right you, from the get. Remember a year ago, there was that picture that came out of the entire next gen cast and they'd been out, gone out for supper. Yes. Like that was after they all knew. Oh, I wonder if that becomes one of the most paranoid dinners ever. <laughs> like they're all friendly with one another, yeah, but they also don't want to screw up a paycheck or, or it, leave oh, I it. Like has I know I'm gonna be on it, but is, has Frakes been asked? Is, yeah, do I, don't, I don't want I don't want to ask him. So I would I would assume at that point kind of insulting. In I would assume theory. at that point we they would have known that Frakes and Sirtis and Spiner had been asked. Yes, and I don't know about the rest. I don't know about the rest. Well, it depends where it makes sense, right? I, I, I don't believe that we will see the entire bridge crew show up. No, I don't think so either. Uh, because one. Purely cynical point of view. You save some of that for a second season. Oh, for sure. If the, if or at least the possibility if they want to do a second season, right? Like you don't want to give away all of them, and or well, else you've got nothing we, left. Last time we saw him, Worf was he not an ambassador to the Klingon homeworld? Oh, or? who? Knows? And then he came. <laughs> he was yeah. After DS Nine, he became the ambassador to Klingons, but then he came back and became. Um, he was back on the Enterprise in the last couple of Star Trek movies, and if you read those take place after DS Nine, yeah, yeah. And then if you read the books, which I know they're not canon, um, he ends up becoming because in the last movie, in Nemesis, Riker gets finally promoted to get his own ship, and Troy leaves with him. It's called the the Titan. Titan, yeah. And in the books, from there, Worf becomes Picard's first officer. So, uh, well, it's after Nemesis, yeah. yeah. But wasn't Data his first officer? Uh, Data got killed. Data got no, I know, killed. but in Nemesis, uh, before Riker came back on the ship, maybe? perhaps. Like at the beginning, uh, I thought. Yeah, it would make. Oh, where's Alex when I need him? <laughs> Spiner uh, also confirmed that he's not in every episode of Picard. He's maybe well, in a couple. That makes and sense. And so we don't even know. My gut is saying that. It, it may not even really be data. I don't think it is. It could be a hologram of data. Uh, that, Except for the, well, the, the drawer with yeah. the body parts. Yeah, but that's not data, no. right? That's well, probably, well, we don't know what could, that is. Or it could be B4. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think Picard feels guilty over data's death, so it could be hallucinations. Yeah. It could be him trying to work out his feelings on a holodeck, playing poker no. with data. Yeah. It could be anything. I don't think it's data's parts... It, it, like continuity can be ignored and changed, but I, I had completely forgotten the full thing of how Data died. Mm -hmm. Data was vaporized. 
Yeah. Like he there should be nothing left yeah. of him. But he Let did download his whole parts. He downloaded his consciousness into yes. the Enterprise computer before that's he why, died. Uh, that's why I don't think the body parts are data's necessarily, but they could be B4. They could even be lores for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Well, and then the whole B4 and putting data's consciousness into him, that happened in one of the comic uh, books afterwards. Well, they, it happened in Nemesis. It starts because okay. they, they put the chip in. Oh, okay. And it's like, well, he he's just basically kind of like an automaton child. Okay. And then he starts singing a song that Data was singing at Troy and Riker's wedding okay. at the start of the movie. Mm. So the idea is, oh, maybe there's some of Data in Data's there. Coming through. And then in the comics, yeah, they they it jumps ahead a bunch of years yeah. and. Lo and behold, Data's back in B4's body. Yeah. Poor B4's consciousness. Well, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty much my Wednesday. Um, you know, panels end around 6. Oh, there really? Are, yeah, yeah, there are some things that go on in the evening. But, there, but, oh, but we don't talk bad. about that. Because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. True. Well, we went to the buffet uh, on Wednesday night. Um, so, uh, and the strippers. Thursday morning, uh, I went to a panel about Strippers. Just because, kind like of, it's about women's uniforms in Star Trek. There you go. Uh, it was by the, there's a, a podcast called Women at Warp. It's oh, a, okay. A feminist. There was a panel full of men, surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, it was fine. Uh, but the neat thing is that the banners for the convention that were all over the place, they, they list, they don't list every Star Trek thing, but they list the things that are new. That mm-hmm. are currently in production, so it, it had um, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery, and then anything that's celebrating an anniversary this year. So it's ten years since the first JJ Star Trek movie. Fuck. Twenty five wow. years since Generations came out. Oh wow! And forty years since Star Trek the Motion Picture. Okay, so three <laughs> of them I was completely around for. Yeah. Two of those films I saw in theater. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that there was that those were the anniversaries where they were celebrating. Uh, then I went to the Roddenberry Entertainment pod, uh, um, panel. Uh, so um, Rod Roddenberry, Gene's son, is the head of Roddenberry Entertainment. What a terrible name for a child. His name is actually Eugene. He goes by Rod. That's even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, because then he's Gene Roddenberry the second. Yeah, he is. He is. So he goes by Rod. Uh, And they were just going through sort of what their company is up to these days. They're they're a big podcasting company. They do a lot of Star Trek. uh, I did not not Roddenberry, but other people in the network. I did give our card to. Uh, uh, I did. Uh, So I went to that panel. Um, and then what did I do? I wandered the dealer's room a little bit, and then I left the floor to go and have lunch, because uh, it's a huge... I, I, there was a Wetzel's Pretzels, and I could get a $4 hot dog instead of a instead of paying $10 for a sandwich. Yeah. Um, I went to a panel about the cruise. There's a Star Trek cruise that happens every year. Yeah, I think we've discussed it before. The 2020 cruise is already sold out. Yeah. They were pimping the 2021 cruise. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, except 2021 is my big Disney oh, year. Shit. So yeah. it's going to be 2022 before I can do a Star Trek cruise. But they sound like fun. Um, maybe I can. Maybe we can work some way that we can work it. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, the Just last the decks. I, I went to a few other panels as well uh, with podcasters and 
people I listen to podcasting. Mm. Uh, the sort of, again, big panel to end the day on Thursday was with Terry Farrell, who played Dax, the first yep. Dax. Jack Doesn't Dio. look like she's aged She a looks day. amazing. Oh. She's married to Adam Nimoy. Really? Yeah, so ha. she is still in the Trek family. Um, so uh, they talked about um, you know her leaving the show and... She just wanted a fair. She wanted fair compensation, like the men were getting. And yeah. when the production team said no, she's like, "Okay, I'm gone." Then, pretty much is what happened. That's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, why they killed off Dax. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I was yeah, unaware. There was, there was a ton of behind the scenes um, negotiation, and it wasn't coming down in her favor. I, I know uh, our friend James Green got to interview her a couple of years and said she was quite <laughs> lovely, and he got a hug. Yeah, she's and he was like, "Teenage James Green is now dead." <laughs> like he's on the floor gasping for breath. So I did <laughs> sign up. I did sign up to sing at the karaoke party Thursday night. Oh, uh, is but that the Klingon one? No, this okay. one was hosted by Connor Trenier and Dominic Keating from Enterprise. Oh, okay. I they played. Like, I recognize the first name. Trip and Reed. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my song. Didn't get picked, which is fine uh. Uh, because. You know, people were doing big anthems, and there was like a thousand people in the room, and they were getting everybody to sing. But it was fun. Other Star Trek actors would drop in. Um, Anthony Montgomery, who played Mayweather, spent the whole night there too. Mm. Uh, Garrett Wong, who played uh, uh, Harry Kim yeah. on Voyager, Is he it was sad in, that the minute you mention an Asian name, it's like, oh, it's the dude from Enterprise. Well, because there, no, it's like Voyager, he was on Voyager, Voyager, but it's like it's like it's sadly it's like him. And, and Sulu. George Takai yep. and the the dude from Harold and Kumar who was Sulu on uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, well there was also um Hoshi yeah. Hoshi on Enterprise. She was Asian, the communications officer. I don't remember her at Linda all. Linda Park. Oh. Uh, and um uh Garrett Wong was saying on the we went to a Voyager panel and uh, he was saying that the actor who plays the tactical officer on Discovery, his name is Patrick. Kwok Chong, no. he, they met at the convention. He's like, and he went to to Garrett Wong. Was like, you're like my, my inspiration. I loved you because Garrett was saying that that George Takei was his like. Yeah, I saw him on screen, yeah. and now this guy Patrick Kwok Chong is like, oh my god, you I were saw you on screen. I think that's one so of the like a one of the things that again is pointed out about the good thing of how Star Trek has evolved. Like it's always been semi inclusive, yeah. But you look at the cast of Discovery, yeah, and it's just it, it's everybody is represented, yeah, on there, exactly. Right? So, so uh, the Enterprise karaoke party was the way we ended um, Thursday night. It was fun, um, and then I went to bed because I'm tired. Uh, Friday, Friday. What did Friday, I do? Friday. Friday. I. You know, in between panels. Oh, the first panel I went to was Walter Koenig. Uh, he's still kicking. He's looking I, pretty good for now, a man. In he has now embraced Who's not that? wearing a toupee, which I yeah. think is good for him. He was Chekhov. He was Chekhov. Okay. Chekhov on the original Wessels. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, they did get him to say that. Somebody got him to say that, which was pretty cool. I love Chekhov. Uh, there's Chekhov. I wanted to see your Borg thing. Oh, yeah. I, uh, there's the Borg assimilation pods. 
I should make that my new profile picture. Yeah, you may have to a, send me that so I can use that. Uh, yeah, that, that's there. a future uh, At use. At the very and, least, that cropped, you should have posted on our page, too. Uh, yeah, you know, well, there were so many pictures. Uh, so I went to Walter Koenig's panel. And then uh, Robin Curtis was there. She was the second Savick yeah. from Star Trek 3 and 4. Because uh, Kirstie Alley was the first one. Yes. And what was the... Is, is it just Cheers was... She was just auditioning for Cheers, I think. When oh, I wonder, yeah. I wonder why she didn't wasn't brought back. There's uh, probably again, reasons for money, it. I think. Yeah, it could be. Um, Robin Curtis uh, actually got herself made up as Savick and came out and I, I noticed that in your pictures. Did the panel? Uh, she did the first part of the panel as Savick. She hadn't put on the Savick ears in 33 years. <laughs> She lives um, near Rochester, New York now, and she's a real estate agent. Oh. <laughs> Wonder if she'd do our show. <laughs> she might. She seemed very... <laughs> she, was, she was very excited to be there. She posted a lot of pictures on the on the convention's Facebook page. She was really happy. It, it sounds like it's a, this convention is a real home for everybody oh. who's ever been on Star Trek. And not and, in a bad way. And it's everybody... Like a big high school reunion. It's thing. not just everybody who's been on Star Trek, but it's everybody who... To whom Star Trek has meant something. Yeah, like they kept uh, the all of the actors kept saying, especially the Discovery actors. They would say that people would tell them, "Welcome to the family," because people see it as a family. And in fact, during one of the Discovery panels, Kenneth Mitchell, who played um, the Klingons, Cole and Kolroth mm. and Tenebrek, he played all three of those. When we first got in the panel, he was just being a big weird goof. And I thought, eh, this is not a guy I want to be around because he just seems like a weirdo. But when they when they were asked, somebody asked a question about what Star Trek means to people. And he literally broke down in tears and had to have Jason Isaacs console him because he was crying about how how inclusive it felt. It was it was really emotional. Um and you know, you know me, like I'm a guy who gets goosebumps and tears up at Marvel movies, yeah. and that happened to me several times over the course of the convention. Like even just um, there was a panel about the making of Trials and Tribulations, the Deep Space Nine episode oh. where they put them into the old series. It's one of the Deep Space Nine episodes I've for uh, well, I didn't force, but I got Jen to watch. Love that episode. Yeah. Such a good show. And before the panel, they showed they just showed the episode in the in the main room. Oh, nice! And just sitting in the room with maybe a thousand other people laughing at the same jokes and being there it just gave me these amazing yeah. feels it was it was so like there was not an angry voice there was not yelling there just everybody embraced everybody else i met people from germany from england from all over the us it was really really fantastic there's a woman who does who looks like Sonequa martin green and does amazing michael burnham cosplay oh okay uh, was there a lot of cosplay at this? A ton of cosplay, yeah. Now, because mostly, uh, mostly, mostly Starfleet uniforms of various stripes and, and yeah, colors. So good. A, quite a few Klingons, but this woman, like when she puts on the mirror Burnham uniform, like she looks amazing. She's from Ottawa. Oh, there's a like there was a Canadian cosplay meetup at one point where everybody who was there in this mm. one big photo was Canadian, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah, some of the interesting cosplay I saw. The guy who won the cosplay competition was dressed as um, um, uh, 
Pike in his wheelchair <laughs> with the with the one light that beeps when you ask answer questions. Nice. And he, he had like scarring. He makeup had the scarred on. makeup face. Uh, yeah, and he built this that's, thing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, there were like uh, there was a lot of funny mashup um, things uh, too. I, I could see that. There was there was a bunch of Starfleet minions. Uh, there, well, the, you know, the, the like you said, the, the the main one's the uniform yeah. is what you see, right? So you, if you want to stand out, you start looking for creative alternatives. There were, you know, I read the Star Trek forums online, and there's so much hate for Discovery. And it, this weekend made me realize that that's just a few people who like to be loud. And probably never go to these shows I or would, anything oh, like yeah, that. Because I would say that the majority of the people in uniforms were wearing Discovery uniforms. That's cool. Both the blue ones and the Enterprise ones, you know? Like, everybody who was there, like, there was only one instance where... I thought that somebody was like being pissing on Discovery, uh, but everybody who was there was into that show. And especially, again, I'm jumping the timeline here with what I saw. But Sunday, almost all the panels were Discovery. There was mm-hmm. like the bridge crew, the minor characters, and then there were the the main characters, except for Burnham. And then the last panel of the con was just Sonequa Martin Green, and like everybody who was th- nobody asked any questions about why does this Discovery suck. Everybody was there because they loved Star Trek Discovery. Why do you suck so much? Yeah, and you know there was the like the groaning. The one time that I heard groaning about it was when they were talking about the messages of Star Trek and how you know uh, old Star Trek was all morality plays and the. And Discovery is not like that. I just think that those people aren't seeing the message. Like, not I think- only that, it's also like, you know, television has evolved from, you can do, yeah. like, Star Trek episodes in the original series are, for the most part, one and done. Yeah. You could even argue, what, 80% of Next Generation is kind of one and done? Yeah. Like, there's a couple two-parters. Yeah. And a couple threads. It that wasn't until like across. season four of DS Nine that they were like, "We're going to make a story arc." Yeah, exactly. So that and that's the the unique thing about Discovery is they do season long story mm-hmm. arcs. But and that's not to say there aren't morality messages. No, in it. like, but it's it's a different format of storytelling. You can to draw me, it, it seems pretty obvious that the Klingon Empire infighting in the season one is a parallel for what's happening in America right now. Did Make you, the Klingon uh, Empire great again is what the first season was about. <laughs> Did you please tell me there's a hat of that somewhere? Well, I didn't Make see one. Make the Klingon one. Empire great. Well, there is, but you can't tell because it's written in Klingon. It's written yeah. in Klingon, yeah. It's a, it, I, I don't get the hate for it. And, like, it's it's weird. You see I it, think but the, nobody I know who watches it is, like, The other thing it. is uh, people shit on it because it's behind a paywall. You're making me pay. But I'm like, uh, what isn't at this point? Well, no, but, you know. You, <laughs> For those who can't see through audio, <laughs> Ryan just flipped the double bird. But, you know, I say, like, you know, you pay 15 bucks to go to a movie. Why can't you be bothered to pay 15 bucks for a se- to binge a season's yeah. worth of the show? Yeah, anyway, so, yeah. So there was a lot of love for Discovery. Um there was a great panel that was Anson Mount for half an hour, Captain Pike, mm. and then he was joined by Jason Isaacs for the last half. So it was the two Discovery captains. Yeah, and those two guys were fantastic together. And I've seen stuff with Jason Isaacs from other panels, and he just he just seems like such a great guy. He showed up on panels that he wasn't even on. Right, he would just <laughs> crash them. Considering he like 
mainly plays villains. Like, there's very He's, few good guys in his roster. He is so funny. So yeah. funny. And Anson Mount, I think he sort of felt overwhelmed at the beginning. Like, uh, you know, they asked him about the possibility of a Pike series, and he said, well, that was never on my bucket list. But now it can be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I think he seems pretty... Uh, uh, overwhelmed by everything. Well, we are getting two short treks or something with three. There three? are three yeah. Enterprise short treks this year. Uh, let me just go over quickly what the rest of the my weekend was. I went to a DS9 panel with with Odo, Vic Fontaine, both Daxes, Garrick, and Kira. Oh, well, that'd be quite the crew. That was, there. That was a fun uh, cast. Uh, and, and none of it, like, I guess money helps you not age a little bit. Like, they like, What's her name? The the woman who played Kira. Nana na, na Visitor. Yeah, she's let her hair gray out. Yeah, but she still looks good. Yep. I. So okay. I'm, that no, was, wait, yeah. so, wait, so Jerry Ryan was at the con, right? Yeah, she was so on the Picard s- panel. Then you saw her. Yep. And she still looks as good. She as looks she, amazing. Say, she looks good in that trailer. Yep. Okay. She looks like that. She looks good. Um, those Borg jeans. Uh. The last panel of Friday that I went to was a discovery panel with James Frain and Ethan Peck, so Sarek and Spock. Oh, okay. Uh, They were really interesting guys, too. Again, both sort of really excited to be part of the family now. And I I think if they ask Ethan to do more Star Trek, he's like, yep, I'll do it. Well, why wouldn't you? So... What was your favorite panel out of all the ones that you went to, would you say? Ooh. Or you you can knock it down to two. Two or three. The Picard panel was fun because even though they didn't I didn't we didn't really learn anything new about the show. Which kinda uh, makes sense. Frakes was wearing a t shirt that said, Don't ask me, I've signed an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> no Patrick Stewart at that Patrick panel. Patrick Stewart did not show up. It was just uh. Frakes and Del Arco and Jerry Ryan. Mm. Um but it was interesting to hear their take on where their characters have gone and, and how they've gotten there without saying anything at all. The one panel that I, d- I did love where we did learn a little bit of new information was the showrunner and the writers from Star Trek Lower Decks, the new animated series, mm-hmm. were there. So Mike McMahon, who worked on Rick and Morty, Morty. Uh, and uh, a bunch of comedy writers but who all love Star Trek. So we learned more about that show. We learned... Um, so the show is set... On a new uh, class of starship, it's uh, the ship is called the USS Cerritos, and it's a California class ship. The other ships in that class include the USS Sacramento and the USS uh, Fresno. Uh, so, and uh, they're considered like the least important ships in Starfleet. The show is set; it's it's canonical. Apparently, the show will be canonical, part of the Star Trek canon. Until they deem it's not. It is set in the year 2380, so just after the end of DS9, sort of that era. Uh, Oh, wow, so that far in the future. Okay. So not not, nothing, it's not far away from Discovery. No, it's sort of like, it's sort of like post-Discovery Voyager era. Uh, Uh, it's It's a period where they can't if they do want to make it canon, it's not fucking around much right. with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, apparently, so your main characters are all these ensigns, uh, one who's a big screw up and one who's a super keen and that kind oh, of so thing. Oh, so it's the Enterprise. Yeah. And, uh, but they're all like huge 
fans of Starfleet, yeah. so they know who Worf and Data and Picard are, right? Like these names will come up during the run of the show. And the mission of the USS Cerritos is second contact. Not first contact. Oh, so after Second first contact, con- after first meant, contact they're the ones who to clean up the mess? Exactly. Oh, that's, the, that's the mission of the oh, ship. That's, a, that's such a shitty job in yeah. Star Trek. And these people, like, they, they, somebody asked, like, what, what is the worst job that these people will be doing? Like, the, these particular ensigns. Well, the, the, he said the worst job that they hate doing is scraping the carbon off the carbon. That's so <laughs> it just sounds like fun, uh, and the the writers seem very excited about it. They've got a really great oh, voice think, cast. And I'm thinking of all the possibilities because because I didn't know that's what the plot of that show was going <laughs> to be, and like you know some of them you get deep or, or comedic gold, and also but like could be really deep subjects because like how many times did like. The Enterprise fly in and like, oh, your god's a robot. Boom, <laughs> blows it exactly. up. Exactly. And they're like, see you later. And the second these guys come in and like, we don't know anything anymore. You killed our god. And uh, so there are, there's like, there's also the, the command crew of this ship. Yeah. And uh, they think the show's about them. Right, but it's not. They're just sort of, you know, how on Next Gen they said he he would say like, there's the plot where like we've got to stop, we've got to rescue all the people off the planet before the star goes supernova. But yeah. then in the background, there's this plot where like Jordy and Data play Sherlock Holmes. You know, yeah. this show is going to be about Jordy and Data playing Sherlock Holmes while the main thing is going on over here. Oh, they have a holodeck on this ship. <laughs> well, Probably, no good will come of that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's sort of the the panel where we learned the most about oh, something that's cool. upcoming, and it was really fun. And yeah, it, when's that supposed to start? Have they put an air date yet? Twenty twenty. Okay. So the mysterious from year. From what I've gleaned, this is what it looks like. The Star Trek uh, future looks like. Picard is going to take the Discovery time slot this year. So I would think Picard's going to start in January yep. and run its 10 weeks. So that puts us in mid-March. Mm-hmm. Then we'll probably get a few short treks. Yep. And then D- uh, Discovery will probably start in April and run through till June. Okay. Uh, and I'm guessing Lower Decks will probably be after the summer. Yeah. So we're going to get continuous Star Trek for the first half of the year, I would think. Well, hopefully. We, we don't know where that animated series is landing for us, do we? <laughs> Um, no, picking it up. I would assume that Bell Media has a mm, probably. It'll probably be on like Adult Swim or. or you would or think or that when they signed team. up for Discovery, like part of that contract, and all other Star Treks, you plan I would on think, doing, yeah, yeah. We have five million channels. We can fit them somewhere. Well, I mean, and they've been consistently showing two hours of Star Trek a day for the last twenty years, right? Like, yeah. Well, right now it's more. Right now, every day, space. Oh, it's four hours. It's like it's yeah, a four-hour block every day. It starts, but yeah, yeah, it's like four or five hours. It's just every, Mondays you know. is original series, Tuesdays is Next Gen, Wednesdays is DS9, DS9 Thursdays but, is Voyager, and Fridays is Enterprise, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so um, I'm not. So you'd go again? Maybe not every year. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a con I would go to every year, but I really, really had a great time. It wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't oppressively crowded. How much was your pass for the the weekend? Uh, we bought the copper level pass, and it was four hundred. 
450 US. And that's but, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's five Saturday, days. Sunday. That's five days plus reserve seating. And so yeah. that was like what a step up of from general admission passes, yeah. kind of. So it got us reserve seating plus admission. Oh, I didn't even talk about the two big special events. Um, Saturday night. Brent Spiner did his oh, I cabaret act. Uh, it was good. You know, he's like a, you know, it was a very Vegasy kind of show. Yeah. Uh, the theme was time. So he sang a lot of, you know, Broadway and sort of jazz standards, American songbook kind of stuff. Anybody join him? No, he was by himself. Oh. Uh, the, the, the thing that closed out the convention was uh, the last thing on Sunday night was what they call the Star Trek Rat Pack. And these guys have been together for 10 years. Um, it's Max Kredenchik, who played Rom on DS9, Quark's brother. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Casey Bix, who played Damar, the Cardassian, who ended up becoming the hero of the Alpha Quadrant and sacrificing himself to... Okay. Uh, 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 Vaughn Armstrong, who was um, Admiral Forrest on Enterprise. And Jeffrey Combs, who's yeah. oh. many, many aliens, including yeah. Shran the Andorian yeah. and so many Br- um, Brunt so many the fans. Ferengi and um, Wayun the Vorta. And normally they're joined by Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark, but he had to leave. He had an audition or something. So they replaced him with Nana Visitor this year. Yeah. And they do a sort of take on a Sammy the, Davis Jr. Yeah, uh, the Rat Pack right. shows from they just, the golden period. They just turn every song into a Star Trek parody. Ah. So it was a whole night of Star Trek parody That's songs. That's cool. It was really quite fun. I, it's, I like hearing about some of that stuff. And like the, the fact that like those guys, like obviously there's some Deep Space Nine connections there, but like the guy from Enterprise, you said? He was on DS9 too. He played, uh, okay. He's played Klingons but and Cardassians. For and... the most part, there's probably a good chance that those guys have just become friends through conventions, yeah. sitting beside one another for six hours, yeah. to eight hours at these shows, right? Yeah. And you see that. Like, it, uh, that's a, it's one of those things you don't realize about these convention circuits mm-hmm. is these guys kind of get to know each other. I got the new press line with Jonathan Frakes once and Casper Van Dien was there. Oh yeah, you were telling me about that and one. They, they were like buddies. Like I don't know if they hang out outside of convention, but it was... It was like they had their own little bit for that, pre- like for press things. They, so, yeah. Well, not just that. Like it's obvious that they have fun with each other well, and they yeah. have sat together yeah. at like probably dinners after these shows or their tables are beside one wasn't, another. Wasn't he doing his like line from, from Starship Trooper yelling about the bugs or something? Yeah. And Frank's was just like, ble- like we were interviewing him at the time, I think and just looked over like, would you shut up and it wasn't like a mean thing it was definitely like a joke thing between them yeah i didn't even mention that i went to william shatner's panel and he's just how you would think he would be he's bombastic and yeah. charismatic he's, and and he's, he, and he's willing to give as good as he gets and um uh and i also went to kate mulgrew's panel mm. she's the female shatner Really, like, oh, yeah, like they their Kate panel drew is Captain Jane Wayne. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, and yeah, she doesn't suffer fools and knows what she's what, like, is very appreciative for her time on Star Trek. And uh, uh, you know, it was really interesting. I thought, like, seeing sort of those panels not back to back but close enough that the parallels between Shatner and and Mulgrew yeah. were, or well, and like. The Shatner we see there is, to a certain extent, a character. Oh, a little I mean, bit, yeah, He's yeah, developed yeah. a convention character that people yeah. like, and 
and is that is also morphed into kind of like his television and online personas. Yeah. There's a good chance she saw that and like you know that's a good idea. Yeah, like well, is, well the the guy you said from uh, Voyager uh, Wong Garrett Wong yeah he was at the Hamilton con that I went to with Ed and, and Ange and a few years back and he there was one of those at that con at the time they had their like their panel floor. Where they had the guest talking was uh, right on the main yeah, floor. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the dumbest setups I've it's ever like, seen. Uh, that was like the Munich con I went to last at year. The, at a toy, you know, looking at toys, trying to buy toys, and you're hearing stories and yeah. whatever. Now, he had some interesting stories from the time uh, on on Voyager, especially once they brought on Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm. And how there was, I don't know if there was, if there was conflict or some just some yeah some, well that it, some issues at yeah. first between we've, yeah we've talked about it i think before on this podcast that the voyagers cast seems to be the one that's like the dysfunctional part of the family well, that doesn't particularly like one yeah another. beltran doesn't have any, i don't think he does any conventions at all he played chakotay yeah uh, oh no we saw it he was at one not too long ago, and it was surprising because he doesn't you know, do I, them often. I think next the next gen cast is sort of the aberration that the, in that they became really, really good friends, and they yeah. just like to hang out with each other. Well, maybe that's it. More, and I think the DS Nine yeah. cast, you know, they're friendly. It was uh, a job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Nana Visitor and, and Alexander Siddick got married and divorced during the run of that show. Yeah, you so, know? so um, and then the Voyager cast again. I think it was. Now I'm saying there's some like there was a Voyager panel I went to too. Tim Russ was there, uh, Roxanne Dawson, yeah, and Garrett Wong, and I mean they're friendly with each other. Well, and it's also time changes some of that stuff yeah. because like it's been 25 I, years for all of them. I've yeah. seen different periods of that with the original cast, right? Like as we've we've seen them like that they, they did the TV show, yeah. They're friendly with another. Well, they're doing the movie. Some, then after the movie, like somebody asked Shatner about doing a thing with George and Walter. And he was like, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, because it's, well, it, it sounds like, it, from what I kind of understand, is they had, uh, they kind of made up, and then they had a falling out. Like, it all stems from when Takei wrote his first book, and he was basically put, pointing out, like, some of the bullshit stuff Shatner yeah. did over the course of their Star yeah. Trek career together. Yeah. He, yeah. Shatner didn't like that. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and he basically said, all and he basically said, "Why would I want to submit myself to that?" So yeah, and yeah, you know, there's no, you know, time short. Why, yeah. If you don't get along with somebody, and Bill Shatner is 82 years old, <laughs> right? Surprisingly, but yeah, I mean, he looks great for like for 82. Um, I hate to bring up a bummer point. I assume Nichelle Nichols was not at the show. She didn't. Show. She was. Oh, she really? uh, didn't do any panels. Okay, she, that kind of makes sense. I walked past her table in the uh, in the dealer's room yeah. quite a few times. I couldn't bring myself to say hi to her because I didn't want to buy anything. But she just looks old and frail. She was there with her son, and there's been some... that. Yeah, that's why it was yeah. in one of our news packs a while ago. That's why I kind of asked yeah. because there's been... She just... You know, with, she's looking her age. And, yeah. you know... Well, they're all they're all getting up it's, there. It's 55 years ago since that show went on the air. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... The only thing that I can say about Shatner is... For from, you know, hearing about it, people who've worked with them and stuff. It's just, at some point, he kind of, like, he basically embraced his own bullshit, I guess. Yeah. And also embraced, like, you know, life short, have fun with it. Well, he talked about he his, 
you know, falling out with Leonard Nimoy even. Like, he didn't go to Leonard Nimoy's funeral, even though he considered him a friend, because there was something else he was already scheduled to do that day or something. But the, they they made up just before Leonard died, I think. And yeah, and even that, that was like, that's off and on again, too. Yeah. If you watch their, their interviews that, throughout the years, there was periods where they were the best of buddies, and then there was periods where... Uh, I had, I, I, like, you know, that's any, to be an actor, especially at that sort of level, you have to have a certain amount of ego. Yep. And that ne- doesn't necessarily match with the other guy who has that same amount of ego. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, it, on the whole, it was a great, great five days. Oh. And uh, I didn't even leave the hotel for those five days. Glad you had fun. I had a great it's time. It's like seeing your pictures. I'm like, ah, I kind of wish we had gone. <laughs> it was fun. Discovery is, uh, I think it's a little bit on your way, too. Discovery has reignited my love of Star Trek. Yeah. Is because I, I love the original films and yep. the original series. Next Generation was, like, my thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then it slowly kind of petered out after a while. I really liked Deep Space Nine. Now as an adult, I like Deep Space Nine a lot. Yep. But Enterprise and Voyager, like, Voyager, I tapped out. Yeah, me too. Like, season five But every now and then, I'll watch an episode and go, this show's really pretty good. Why did I give up on it? For me, it was the episode with The Rock. Where he was playing Space the Rock. Not the one where Paris and Janeway turned into lizards and had little lizard babies? What? No. You've never seen that one? No. Well, you need to go to Netflix and watch an episode called Threshold. What season is that in? One or two. Oh, jeez. Must have missed that one. Yes. I I, I would like watch episodes. Like, it wasn't... It it wasn't... Destination viewing for no. me at the time. It was like, ah, it's on. I'll throw it on or if I happen to be home. Yeah. That also coincided with my like mid-teens, early twenties. Somebody, right? I think it was somebody from the Voyager cast said that um, according to the Netflix statistics, Voyager is the most watched Star Trek on Netflix. It might it might be because people like us are revisiting it yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. It's like because you know I'm now I'm older and I can watch it whenever I want instead. Like because I want to say it was that happened, a so. Thursday or Friday night it was on originally. Yeah, I don't probably remember. Thursday. A lot of the I think yeah, the so it was, was yeah Thursday, probably was during it? that period was like I was Thursday. I was working or yeah. trying to go out on dates occasionally when I managed yeah. to. Sucker some young lady into thinking I was cool, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and then now with Discovery is like it's like oh yeah, Star Trek can be awesome. Yeah. So that was the convention. I spent the last two days just sort of exploring the Vegas Strip, yep. which is awesome. I don't really know awesome. how much I I have interest in Vegas itself because I don't gamble or anything. I didn't gamble. I didn't yeah. put a single coin into a slot machine. Oh, you. you didn't bet put anything? money on two. Uh, Go to the roulette table. I yeah, <sighs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He but was counting on that money. He spent yeah. all of it on toys yesterday. I, I'm gonna pay for breaks this uh, week. I rode the Him. giant Ferris wheel. Um, giant Ferris. Oh wheel. yeah, the world, the North America's biggest Ferris wheel is in Las Vegas. It's I did called not know that. the High Roller. Did you of do the 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 roller coaster that's on top of the building? Uh, not the one that's on top of the tower. I think that uh, one's closed now. But I did ride the one at the Adventure Dome at Circus Circus. There's like a little theme park attached to the yeah. casino, and I rode the one at New York, New York. Oh. Um, 
the, the hotels are new roller coasters. No, these are old roller coasters. No, I mean, for, have you? Oh, I never. No, I'd never been to Vegas, so these were new rides for me. So does that count on your list? Now? It does. Yeah. So, so did you break your Canyon Blaster is number two hundred on my list, and the Big the Apple list? Coaster is. T- he oh, has a list of I, roller coasters. I've I've ridden two hundred and one different roller coasters. Oh. I just I was, remember because I was gonna is. make I was gonna make trying to make Yukon Striker my 200th, but I hadn't um, I haven't got to Wonderland yet this year. Uh, so so yeah, so Canyon Blaster. Can number you 200. fit in a hundred between now and next year? And make oh, it three hundred. Doesn't matter <laughs> because it has uh, to be uh, new road rides he hasn't ridden. That's yeah. what makes it fun. Uh, the um, the casinos are amazingly well themed. Circus Circus. Yeah. There's like a they call it the Midway. It's really just like a casino for kids, like an arcade with those sort of redemption games. But they do free circus act shows every hour. Oh, okay. We saw that. The Venetian, the shopping district of the Venetian has an actual canal that runs through the middle of it. And you can ride a gondola through the through the mall. Which one had the kind of okay animatronic of, was it supposed to be Poseidon? Yes, that was the Caesar's Palace. Has okay. the Legend of Atlantis animatronic show. I saw you were live. I think yeah. I, I zoomed in. I, I think I logged go, on for a little bit while you were live. Did you go to the fountain? At the Bellagio? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's pretty impressive. Uh, that's we, the one thing I can think of that it was, if I was in Vegas that I would go see. Uh, the Luxor uh, is this cool, big um, Egyptian-themed. The, the hotel is a giant pyramid. The giant black kind yeah. of looking one? Yeah. yeah. It has a sphinx out front, too, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that the, bright light that comes out the top. Yeah. It's oh, near okay. the MGM Grand. The alien yeah. lady on the street. The, the, the only reason I know that is UFC. <laughs> yeah, so we went there. There's a Titanic exhibit in there. and um, What? Bodies in Motion is in there, you know, where they... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I've done that once. I never need to do it again. Uh, like, Not that it's not cool, but it's like, these were people. New York, the New York, New York sort of uh, food court section is themed like like uh, the back alleys of Greenwich Village. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was really just cool theming. We went to Hershey's Chocolate World. Um, you know, all kinds of fun stuff that you don't need to spend a ton of money on. Yeah. But it was 41 degrees Celsius outside. So I take it then you didn't need your hoodie. Inside the hotel, I wore that hoodie every day of the convention because it the was... air conditioning is just Because blasting. it was only like 15 to 18 degrees inside the hotel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, thank you for that report. Well, yeah, I hope I didn't ramble on too long, but it well, was no. five, long enough. five it gives, great days. It gives our listeners an, an insight of maybe they want to go. It was really fun. I would recommend that convention, and uh, I, I plan to go again someday. Cool. Which brings us to the end of this episode, and Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? Well, I'll go, and I'll stay on the Star Trek theme. I just... Uh, as airplane consumption reading, I read the IDW miniseries Star Trek meets the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, <laughs> how was it? which iteration of Star Trek is it's it? classic Star Trek? Okay, which Legion of Superheroes? A Legion and the Sorry, Legion, Legion of Superheroes is you know, like Shatner Kirk. So Shatner Kirk, okay. and yeah, uh, and they were sort of classic Legionnaires. Now, when was this one written? Oh, about five years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. But but they weren't really modern legionnaires. But you know, completely out of continuity for both. Oh yeah, Uh, it was Brainiac Five and Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, Cosmic Boy, Chameleon Boy, Shadow Lass. No, just those six. I think it was just those six, and they were trapped. Uh, They were both. Traveling, time traveling at the same time, and it merged universes. Yeah. And it turned out the um, 
remember on a classic Star Trek, there was a an immortal character named Flint? Kinda. Uh, who who was also like Jack the Ripper, and he was like a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, he merged with DC's Vandal Savage... So that was that was sort of their in with uh, both universes. Uh, Okay, yeah, it was cool. It was cool and fun and silly. And so, Star Trek meets the Legion of Superheroes. Who's it written by? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, but I did go to the IDW uh, one of the IDW panels at convention. Oh yeah, and I said how much I love these Star Trek crossovers, and I said I think what the next thing Star Trek needs to cross over with is either Alf or Mork and Mindy, and the writer. uh, was the writer J.K. Woodward was the artist who was there, and I can't remember who the writer was, but he's like, "Oh my God, Star Trek Mork and Mindy! I love that! I'm going to run with it." So if you see a Star Trek meets Mork and Mindy crossover book, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't need money for it, but free copies would be nice. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my turn. Your turn. Looking, looking at me, so you should not go on. Uh, I, uh, I, I got pick, two. Uh, another new Netflix series that I found and binged, uh, ten episodes long, called Another Life. Oh, I heard about that one. Uh, sci-fi. It's starring uh, Katie Sackhoff. Oh. And uh, I was surprised. I didn't realize it. So there's a, a hologram on this. So Katie Sackhoff is the commander of a ship who then and, and her and her crew have been, been sent off into space because an alien artifact, like this big spaceship, shown up, uh, sh- showed up on Earth, landed, and they've been trying to figure out, trying to communicate with it. And they mm-hmm. figured, well, you know what? Let's send a, a, a crew of people to the planet that we think that this came from um, and find out firsthand from these aliens, you know, what's up. And they have faster than light drives so they can travel distances and they cryo sleep and stuff like this. So they can travel greater distance in a shorter time because, you know, otherwise it would take years and years and years and not, you know, 10 episodes. Uh so she's off doing this, and her husband is behind trying to, a part of the scientific crew, trying to communicate with this artifact. So the ship itself has a, an AI mm-hmm. that has a holographic representation. And it's played by Samuel Anderson, who, until this weekend, when I was watching Space, that was doing a random, doc, random Doctor Who episode marathons, um, I had been like, oh crap, now I know why that guy on that show looks so familiar. So this actor played Danny Pink. Oh, on Doctor Who. So in the uh, what's uh, the Capaldi seasons. Yep. So that was the the gentleman who was the teacher that was dating Clara's Claire, boyfriend. Yeah, who became a Cyberman slash died or yep. whatever. Yeah. And so on Space on the weekend they were showing the episode where it was like her first date with him, but that got interrupted by her having to meeting. Possibly her future great great grandson, who was a time traveler from Earth that they were saving, and yeah. So, uh, but this show it's uh, ten episodes long. It's on Netflix. Yep, it's pretty good sci-fi. Cool. I I enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah, I enjoyed it. Watch it. Give it a shot. If you have Netflix, it's not going to cost you anything to watch it. Uh, I have two. What? That's my prerogative. One one is just me being a complete music nerd oh, is yes. Tool after 14 years has released a new song that no, from their just the, one song just one not song the, album. the just... album comes out at the end of the month okay. 
called Fear Inoculum, and it is awesome. It is 10 minutes long, and I've had it on repeat most of the day. So, yeah, it's... Tools one of the it's one of those bands you can be nerdy about. One, you have to have stamina because the time period between album releases is getting longer and longer between albums. And they're also really good musicians and tend to play in like weird time signatures and like it's weird. There's like if you pay attention to it, there's a lot of musical math going on in their stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's that. And two, uh, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it or not, and I don't know how, this might be technically three choices, is, uh, House of M, or, or House of X, X, Power of X, X. Powers of X, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman, and these are the two new X-Men series. Kind of reintroducing the the new status quo of the Marvel Comic Universe. Um, I will throw a caveat on it. If you pick it up, uh, you may not know what's going on. That's okay. I I don't completely either, but it's pretty awesome so far. Did you read issue two? Yes. Okay, I haven't read issue two. I I just read what they've done with Moira McTaggart. Yeah, that's that's today's issue. Um, Spoilers. Because I'm reading the spoilers because I haven't read the books. Um, It's... I think it's when it's done, it's oh, going sure. to read really well. Right now, it's kind of like walking halfway through a good movie. Mm. Like, what I'm reading is good. I have no clue what happened half an hour ago. Yeah. And, but nobody does. <laughs> like, That's they're the looking thing. for a monkey? What? <laughs> um, but it's... And the art team's been really good on it, too. Uh, it's But uh, highly recommend it. Um, it. The only thing with it is... You may not kind of clue into what's going on, but I think this is a book you got to stick with. Yeah. Like it's, it's either get them and stick with it, or at least do, or wait, know maybe wait till trade, it, wait for the trades or hardcover trade. or whatever your preference is. So that's it for this episode. Yep. Um, Thanks for listening to me ramble. Oh no, it was awesome. I, I, I like hearing about conventions in other places. Like you know, Jen this and I the, basically did it on the cruise ship. Yeah, one, this right? is the yep. first time I've actually traveled to go to a convention specifically, and yeah. uh, it was it was awesome. Yeah, because the Munich one just was, it was like, well, there accidental. happens to be a convention in Munich, and I happen to be there. And I'll then, just go for a few hours. Yeah, that's a. We should make some more field trips, and especially during movie slow season, which mm. we're starting to come up on. Soon is it's going to die down for us. Well, for a fan expo is coming up in a couple of weeks. There's fan expo. I meant kind of after that, like oh. fall. There's there's a couple things here and there, but like you know, then we have Star Wars and at Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because there's a couple things that I've seen, like well, that's drivable. Yep. We now all have our passports. There is a place in um, Ticonderoga, New York, uh, which is sort of in the Finger Lakes area, okay, uh, where they have rebuilt the Enterprise, and there's like a set tour of the original. Classic. Um, oh, okay. How far is that from Rochester? Oh, it's an hour or so to the east of Rochester. Okay, because there's that um, Rochester Museum of Play we should go to, too. Yes. That I've seen some videos of that. Of yes. Like, that's completely up our alley as yes, well. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah. So, follow us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under True North Nerds. And thank you for listening. We will be back next week with uh, something. Something. I'm not sure what's going on next week, but we were two weeks. Two weeks sorry, two weeks. two weeks, and uh, yeah, we'll have something to talk about. Thank you for listening. Bye. Set your phasers to sexy.
You've been listening to True North Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under True North Nerds. You can go to our website at truenorthnerds.com. Please, if you like this podcast, go to your Apple podcast or the podcast provider of choice and rate review us. Uh, it helps us prove that uh, we're a real thing and uh, we're a real thing. We can do more things. So if you could do that for us, that would be awesome. Uh, it's like really late or really early in the morning. So no funny jokes this time. Uh, thanks for listening. Peyton Richard. Thanks. Thanks.